Goodness gracious. Saying that stuff like you believe it. My goodness, my goodness. All right, well, this message comes from, well, I think just about everything I have preached over the years comes from life experiences. This is no different. And so I've always tried to be very transparent uh, to you because I'm no better than you, just you. That's all I am, flesh and blood. And that's where this one comes from, and it starts out in Lamentations, which is, man, I don't know if I've ever had an opening text in Lamentations, but uh, that's where I am. So Lamentations 121 says this, they have heard that I sigh. You ever sigh? Uh, I don't think there's a happy sigh. Usually sighs are just kind of despondency, discouraged, upset, worn out, defeated. I can't figure a happy sigh. So there have, they have heard that I sigh. There is none to comfort me. You ever feel like that? All my enemies have heard of my troubles, and guess what? They're glad. They're absolutely glad. And I know that this can be a state of mind, and I know that the Lord is always there and always for us, but we can't help it. I think we get in spots like this, and I believe that's why there's the entire book called Lamentations. And so the enemies are glad. Verse 22 says, for my sighs are many. Not just once in a while, absolutely many. Sometimes you can spend weeks or months or some of you can spend years or shameful to us, a lifetime of just sighing over situations or things or plans that you thought should come to pass or didn't. So for my, for my sighs are many and my heart is faint, faint. Now, I told you before, after all these years of walking in the Lord, I thought by the time I'm now this age that I'd have a name written in heaven right beside the Lord, the Lord's throne, and then mine. I get, well, maybe Paul's and then mine. I mean, seriously, have you ever just thought how you want to serve the Lord and how you want to be in God and what you want to do for God? And I'm not talking about selfish esteem and building yourself. Just what you're just pumped for this God. So with all this sighing and my heart uh, is faint, I'm telling you, I've spent some time here lately. It has crept up on me. Sometimes it always comes and catches me off guard. As I look around at our nation and especially the church, and even as we study our temperaments through the uh, evening sessions that we have on Sunday, I can see why I am the way I am. Even though I knew I was that way, I forgot how I am. You there? All right. And so this is what's happening to me. And then, then Jonah's words from the belly of the whale says this. He said, my soul fainteth within me. I would expect being in the belly of the whale. And that word fainted means to be feeble. You ever feel like your, your soul or your heart is just feeble? You can't cut it? To be faint, exhausted, grow weak. Have you ever been guilty of this stuff? And I think maybe a lot of us are guilty uh, this morning. Other than that, that I'm missing the mark. We grow weak, we're overwhelmed, we're worn out, we get disgusted. Truth seems to have fallen in the street. Nobody cares about truth anymore. And guess what? There's no shame about it. 
They'll put it in bold print on the front page. They'll say it in front of TV, millions of audience, outright lies, and no one cares. And I go, oh, I do. I do, and that's even without looking at the church. Isaiah 59, 14, I believe it's New King James, says this, justice is turned back. Isn't that true today? Where's justice today? Where is it? Justice is turned back. Uh, uh, Policemen in New York are getting tons of water thrown on them. Nobody does anything. Nothing at all. I've never even heard of such a, just walk up and you douse uh, an officer with tons of water. It's like, what is going on with our nation? Justice is turned back. Righteousness stands afar off. For truth has fallen in the streets, and equity cannot enter. That equity is an uprightness, a straightness. It can't even enter in our society now. So I find myself going, oh. As a pastor who's supposed to be ministering to people, encouraging them, showing the way, walking in the power and the light of Almighty God, New Living Translation even says it's better is what's happening today. Our courts oppose the righteous. In this country, they've always done it in the other countries. It's now here, not coming. Our courts oppose the righteous. I remember times where things would be going to the court and I would go, good. Now that they finally go into the courts, this thing will be made right. And it comes back with the wrong answer. Shocked, and this is years ago, not lately. Years ago, the courts opposed the righteous. Justice is nowhere to be found. Truth stumbles in the street, and honesty has been outlawed. Ho, ho, ho! We'll have none of that. No truth here, so help you, God. In fact, no God here. It's what's going on. Christ becomes less and less welcome in our society. Less and less welcome in our society. And the Word of God is no longer even looked to for answers. I mean, why, why couldn't they just, you know, years ago they would call our nation to prayer. Years and years and years ago they would call it to prayer and fasting. Get a hold of God. Now they don't even look to God. In fact, just the opposite is taking place in our society. Not looking for answers at all. Did you notice that Drew Brees, the quarterback, very good quarterback for the New Orleans Saints, came under fire? You read that in the paper? He came under fire for encouraging kids to read the Bible. And they mocked him and ridiculed him. To just read the Bible, to try to become better citizens, better children as you grow up. Have some moralities. And they ripped him apart just last week. How about family members? You deal with family members all the time. Job says this in 1914, my relatives have failed. They don't even want to hear the Word of God. They want nothing to do with it. Shut up. Leave me alone. I have relatives, and I think of them and pray for them, and I don't even know what to do for them anymore. I don't even know what to say. There isn't any other angles. I've sent letters and books and tapes and talked and nothing, nothing at all. Relatives have failed. How about this one? Job goes on and says, and my close friends have forgotten me. David said, my very own friend has lifted up his heel against me. 
So I'm thinking, you know what? No wonder I got many sighs. This will happen when you take a stand for righteousness. Even your family and my buddies have left. Absolutely left. You find yourself in the belly of discouragement. You been there? Are you there now? Are you being bleached white with discouragement from being in the belly of the whale? Psalmist says this, I will say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? God, where are you? In your trials and in your situations right now, don't tell me you've never cried out to God. God, where are you? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of my enemy? That word mourning means, why am I growing dark? Listen to me, listen very carefully. Dark is not more powerful than light. But darkness will gladly, gladly come rushing in and take over when the light starts going out. And so it's the enemy's time to come and to oppress and beat down, depress, pull you under so that you grow dark because of the oppression of your enemy, the oppression of your enemy. It does seem like in our nation the enemy is winning out. No matter who's elected, what's going on, where they go, what they say. It seems like the, the uh, best position that you could have if you want to run for election is to be a buffoon. Doesn't it? Any one of you could be a better candidate. Seems like truly the enemy's winning out. And I tell God over and over, what can I do? against this systematic plan to remove Christ from our country. I'm not allowed in schools. We've been thrown out of hospitals. Psych wards don't want us. And these prevailing, ungodly thoughts that flooding in and taking over our culture. And you now can binge on it. So I tell God over and over through my sighs and my heavy heart, Lord, what can I do? And it's not like, tell me, God, tell me, what can I do? It's more like this, oh, God, what can I do? That's where I've been. The re redefining of marriage. God, help us. The destruction of, of the family structure. Everything being swallowed up that speaks of God and godly morals. Mocked. Drew Brees, mocked. Tebow, mocked. Kneel for the flag, you make person of the year. Total, total upside down. Now, now there's gender confusion that's going on, and it's been going on purposely. It's a systematic attack. It's getting more evil every day, and it's touching all our lives. And I find myself going, oh, dear God. So I find myself saying, God, what? What? In the name, what can I do? And here's why I say that. I say, God, I'm a nobody. I truly am. I'm a nobody. How can I fight against this evil, this power of darkness, these people with billions and billions and billions of dollars just pouring it in on their agenda? You watch the news. First mistake, second mistake, and third mistake. 
and there's nothing, nothing of any value at all. Even when they say something, it never comes to pass. Psalms 42, 6 says this, Oh my God, my soul is cast down within me. Cast down means despairing, hopeless. Listen, it means a shrug. What can I do? What can we do? This little group of so-called Christians sitting right here. We're not huge. We're not wealthy. Job says this in New Living 10, verse 1. He says, I am disgusted with my life. And I told the Lord, you know what? Amen. Amen. So am I. I am too, Lord. I am disgusted with my life. And Job goes on and says, I am disgusted with my life. Let me complain freely. And I have. Maybe not so much to you, to myself, to the Lord. My bitter soul must complain, Job says. That's that's all there's left for you to do when you find yourself in this state, is just complain. So I get disgusted with my life, and here's why. Not being strong enough in God, not being godly enough, not having enough of what it needs to be to go through with this, to carry the banner higher than everybody's done, take this church farther than I could ever dream. So I get disgusted with myself. I usually shake my head and let out a sigh. God, what the heck can I do? I've given it my best shot. Being overwhelmed with disappointment and evil. Overwhelmed. Watching all the corruption put out on the news. Just blown away by it. Unbelievable. An actual coup was attempted in our nation. Just a few years ago, all this wrong going on in our country, going on unpunished even after it's found out. I'm like, what? I mean, I was so pumped when certain people got in, and I'm going, oh, Lord, now you're going to give us our time. Now you're going to give us our moment. No indictment. What? I had great hope for justice. Great hope for justice, thinking, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, God, you're doing it. No indictment. And it just compounds my size. It just, it does. And then there's the church and all the things that go on in it. Oh my goodness. Listen, New Hope, listen. The power of God seems to be a thing of the past. What a timely song. I never heard of it. The power of God seems to be a thing of the past. The powerful anointing that fell on the church doesn't even seem to be no longer expected, listen, or sought after. When's the last time you sought God crazily saying, Lord, I must be anointed? I must, God, when I talk, when I sing, no matter what I do, I've got to walk in the anointing of God. Where'd that go? It went this way. Not even sought anymore. Where's the desire for the baptism of the Holy Ghost? Where is that? What are we? 
When I was young in the Lord and didn't have a sense about God and the things of God, frightened and overwhelmed, yet just barely born again by about five or six weeks, and you've had a five or six week baby in your hands, and someone said something about the baptism of the Holy Ghost, I wanted it. I didn't even know what it was. Where's that at? Great moves of God, great stirrings in the house of God. Where is all this? The great revivals that would go on endlessly and the people not bored out coming, but waiting, waiting for work to be over so they could go and hear the Word of God. Where's the great hunger for the presence of God? And all that missing in all of us, I'm going, Lord, what the heck can I do? Right, wrong, off target, on target, I've always tried to do my best here. And so at the end of life, it seems like, and sometimes you end your life sooner than God does, and you're like, Lord, what the heck can I do? Let Jason do it. So discouragement, getting a hold of me at the point where my wife threw tears barked at me one morning and said, what's wrong with you? Snap out of it. So you ladies get the nice part of Ruth at your <laughs> ladies' retreat. Here's your rock, honey. I get rocks. <laughs> I know it. Her, yes, I know it. Yes, sir. So I've laid all that out and very transparent to you, and here's what the Lord told me. As I'm feeling unused, weak, worn out, and that God's fed up with my inability to keep going. You ready for it? He said, you have forgotten me. I said, what? What are you talking about? I mean, making this point to try to tell you how I was, but I was saying, well, Lord, my whole life, I'm wore out because of this. I'm broken because of this. I'm tired because of this. I'm ready to pass the baton because of all these years of trying. What are you talking about? And God says, you've forgotten me. And I'm like, and then he laid it on me. He said, because this has nothing to do with you. Now, all my is what? Because it had everything to do with me and my inability to face it, to conquer it, one more river to cross. Are you kidding me? God says, you have forgotten me. And so I was really taken back, and I'm not talking about angry and mad at God. I'm talking about after having that rock bounce off my head, I'm like, Lord, you've got to help me. And God says, I'm helping you. You forgot me. And I'm like, what? What do you mean I forgot you? And this is what he told me. He said, I don't need you. Do you understand what I'm saying? I don't need your ability. I don't need you to take one more mountain, one more river. 
I don't need or want your abilities or your zeal. I don't need that at all. God is laying out that everything that's causing me to sigh, he don't even want it or need it. Listen to this. And I heard this and I said, this is true, Lord. He said, you're no weaker now than you have ever been. Listen, you're just as weak now as when you started this walk at the age of 24 years old. Huh. I'll be darned. Remember what I said in the beginning. I thought there'd be the Lord's throne, then Jesus, Paul, and then mine. Because I'll be awesome. And God said, I don't even need that. I don't want that. You're as weak as you've ever been. You're equally as weak as when I first found you. I'm going, I am? So a move of God is not dependent on your strength or your ability. It's not dependent on that. When the enemy keeps rubbing your face in it, and you're going, oh. And it has nothing to do with it, but he tricks us into believing that it does. I don't need anything you have, God says. All I need is a willing vessel and an open heart. You've got to want this. That's it. You have no resume. You have no talents or giftings. Has nothing to do with how you prepare for a new job at work. God says, You have forgotten how powerful I am. Amen. And when I heard that, you know, I was cutting grass, listening. When I heard that, I went, I have. I have, Lord. I have. I have forgotten how powerful you are by what I see in the world and what I expect and what I think and the, in, the things that attack me and come inside of me and what you hear and on and on and on. You've let the problems of the world and the church blind, blind you from my, from my unlimited power. You have too. I can see it in your worship, your face, your walk, your commitment, your prayer life, your attitude. Yes, you have. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. Ah, you've forgotten that. Yes, you have. That scripture was just as live two weeks ago before the rock came, and I'm going... <laughs> it's not like something God all of a sudden just penned in the Word. He's, he's so bad, i got to write add to my Word. It's always been in there. It's always there. We just don't see it, believe it, walk in it, trust it. I don't know what I think I'm supposed to do. Now, unto him, that's not me, it's not you, it's not this church. Now, unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly, you think of your itsy-bitsy problem in life compared to God. Think, think of it. You have forgotten how powerful God is. We come here just like, and then we go back out. I would always tell my dad, or in World War II, why would the Jews just march to death? Why would they? Get in line, march to death. Okay. That's us. When, when, just turn around, throw a rock at somebody, you're going to die anyway. 
Try to claw their eyes out, bite their face off, do something. We don't. And that's us. It's the church. It's all we do, Philip. You have forgotten who God is. You have too. Yes, you have. Maybe you, have, maybe you did because I have. Isaiah 66 1 says, Thus saith the Lord, The heaven is my throne, and the earth is my footstool. You understand what that means? Uh, there's not a chair, but God's got his feet on the earth. And you're going, Oh, what can I do? Because your God is so huge. I think for the first time ever, I don't remember in our house, we have that thing in front of a chair. What's that called? An ottoman. And I put my feet up there. That's what God does on the earth. On this earth. Think of your problem. On this earth. You've forgotten God. Yes, you have. You have forgotten God. You think he needs your strength? Do you think he needs your ability? This church's ability? you think he needs his band, this preacher? <laughs> what on earth is wrong with us? Matthew 14, 30 says, But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, no justice, no one's telling the truth, church is fouled up, people are messed up, he was afraid and beginning to sink. That's what we're doing. We're sinking. We are. When we take our eyes off of Christ and onto our problems or the filth of this fallen world, we sink. We sink. And if you put your eyes on yourself, you're sunk. That's what happens to us. And when we forget who we're serving and how awesome he is. A blind man healer. An axe head floating in the water because God spoke it. And when you and I are going, uh -huh, yeah, that's pretty cool. Here's another one. Down we go. No fight. Nothing left in us. Just marching off to our death. 1 Corinthians 1 says this. Do you see your calling? No. Brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh. God's not looking for wisdom. Not many mighty. He's not looking for Rambos. Not many noble, pure, righteous, perfect people. Where are they? So God says, I'm telling you something. I'm not even looking. You don't even understand your calling. Yet not many wise according to the flesh. Not many mighty. Not many noble are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. God said, this is what I do. Hey, no way do I want your strength and your ability. I don't even need it. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty. Amen. Listen how powerful your God is. And the base things of the world and the things which are despised. You're so bad you don't. This is bouncing off your head. It's deafening in here. Listen, and I'm telling you, I'm not preaching. I, I went, oh, I have. Oh, you're right. Even in all my efforts. I'm like, how did I? How did? 
and the base things of the world and the things which are despised, God has chosen. Listen, and the things which are not, we don't even understand the scripture, and the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are. We're like, huh? It sounds pretty awesome, but I don't get it. Do you understand? God's going to do stuff in you you can't do. He's going to bring it to pass, and you have no ability that you can do. I don't care how many Bible verses you learn, how many places you run to hear the next famous speaker. God says, and the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are. You understand what God needs? What does God need? That's what he needs. Do you fit the bill? God needs nothing to move with his power and might, solve your itsy-bitsy problem, remove the weight off you. God needs nothing, absolutely nothing. I don't care who it is, where it is. I don't care if they've been dead. If God wants to raise my dad back up, my dad will raise up and walk through that door and say, Hi, son. I don't, I don't have any problem believing that. He can do that. God says, I am all-powerful. I don't need a thing. And how about Job? You remember Job? You read Job lately in Lamentations? You've been in there? That's kind of where you go when you're like me. And so I've been in Job for a while with all these, you know, questions and this and that and this. And I've been walking this walk for all these years. And I've looked at sheep for all them years. And worst of all, looked at me all them years. Who? What do you see when you look in the mirror? Oh, boy. So Job and the Lord have his talk. It's kind of a New Living translation here. Job 38 says this. Brace yourself like a man. God said, okay, you want to talk? I'm tired of hearing your sign, moaning, complaining. You have lots of complaining you've been doing. And that's why the Lord anointed my wife to fling a rock. That's true. Brace yourself like a man because I have some questions for you. Listen, and you must answer them. You must. God says this, where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? What's your problem? What's your issue right now that you've been going, God, I'm not trying to make light of you. I'm trying to tell you who I've been. And God says, come here, sit down and answer this question. Where were you when I laid the foundations of this world? And I'm going, I'm the Fox News and the Supreme Court and this president, that president. Look at all the buffoons running for president. Right? He says, brace yourself like a man. I have some questions for you. Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me if you know so much. What are you going to say to God when he says that to you? Who determines its d dimensions and stretch out the surveying line? Who did it? Well, God, you know how you, you guys were, Rob Montgomery comes in with his pencil in his ear, and, his thing goes, and he lines up this floor and that floor. God says, where were you when I did that to this world? Where were you? You're probably watching Fox News. Verse 6 says, what support? It's foundation. How's this thing standing? How's it laid? Who did that? Who laid its cornerstone? Where were you when I did all this? All your complaining and your moaning, 
all your hopelessness and discouragement in the belly of the whale because this one left or that one left or this one doesn't like you. Where were you when I did this? Job 38, 12 says, have you ever commanded the morning to appear? Have you? Have you ever got up at three in the morning and said, morning, up here, and it comes up? Give me a break. Have you ever commanded the morning to appear and caused the dawn to rise in the east? Have you? Have you with all your little problems and your situations? Have you? Gosh. Every one of you probably ran to an ocean this year. And, and usually the thing to do is watch the sun go up or sun go down. Did you see it? You probably took 90 pictures of it. Do you know who causes that? No, we don't. No, we don't. We've forgotten. We have forgotten. How about this one? Job says this. Do you know where the gates of death are located? Where are they? Who can? Where are they? <laughs> Man, God knows how to tell Job stuff, doesn't he? Job thirty-eight nineteen. Where does the light come from and where does darkness go? Where does it go? Now, the light's already here, so you missed out. But when it gets dark, go outside and find out. Follow it. Where does it go? Where does it go? Go follow it. When you find it, call me. Because then you'll have all the answers. So what's that do to us? That should cause you to start praying to this God like never before. But because we've forgotten, we don't. We don't pray. We get pumped if 25 people come on Wednesday night to pray. We're like, whoa, look at all of us. Seriously. If you, if you want to tap into this power, that's how God says to tap into it. The one who makes the dawn to come and the darkness to flee. The one who's asking you all these questions. He's telling you, do this, and you will handle all your situations. God, you have the strength of the universe in your hands. And he's telling for you and me and the rest of us, just pray. Remember, God says, answer me. Give me an answer. What's your answer? <laughs> Actually, you're very scriptural. You're answering just like Job did. What did Job do? Same thing I did. I mean, I'm telling you, I'm cutting grass. This guy's screaming in my ears, and I stopped and went, I've forgotten God. I've forgotten his power. God's laying out Job. Job put his hand on his mouth. He had no answer. Same with me. No answer. So we need to start praying again. Come on, come on. This is church. This is what... Do you understand there's so many great people that used to be with us, but they died. And someday that'll be you. So this is your moment to get a hold of God. This is it. This is your window. What are you doing with your window? Oh, you should be praying. We should be praying, God, give me the Holy Spirit again. Give it to Give it to us in this church again where we have Holy Spirit worship. Holy Spirit preaching. Holy Spirit reaction to the Word of God. Holy Spirit commitment to the things of God. Lord, give me power once again. Yeah. Let there be power in my walk, in my voice, in my testimony. Yeah. 
power, Lord, once again. Put light in my eyes. Let me look alive. In spite of problems and situations, because you know the power of God. But we don't. We're gold medalists and sighing. And you would be a gold medalist if I ever quit playing that game. Because I win. Because I do it a lot. I forget what color shirt I'd wear if I was, am I green or blue? What is that? Green. If you want to know what that is, you should be coming Sunday night. Where we're learning about the power and the things of God. Where we're learning about how God makes us and builds us and wants us to be, how to act and react. But no effort. Put no effort. Start praying, God, put healing again in my hands. Put them again in my hands that when we start going to the hospital, we'll start believing as I'm about to touch. As soon as I touch this man, God. Why, why, where'd that go? We see there nice and comfy and do our little thing. And How about this one? And I wrote this one last. And above all, God, put courage in my heart. Courage. Put courage back in my heart. I don't give a hoot if I'm the last one standing. I don't care if they all mock me and make fun of me. I'm going to serve Almighty God and I'm going to try to live in the power of God the best of my ability and expect God to do the rest. Put courage back in my heart. It takes courage. It has just started in this country. And we already have vast exiting. And it's just started. And if you don't pray, you think you're going to handle this? You're not going to see the move of God or the Spirit of God. We've got to ask. We've got to go for it. God, give us this power once again. It's there. Just got to tap into it. How God says to tap into it. You've forgotten how powerful God is. You have. Yes, you have. In your situations. Now, I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with weeping and crying because you're broken and hearted. That's all right. But you cry out to God through it. Believe in. You've for, forgotten your God. So in other words, this is what God told me as I'm telling you. Put away your failures and bad feelings about yourself because they are nothing but hindrances and roadblocks to me. Yes, they are. And that's what you need to do. You have forgotten that God chooses the weak because if you'd remember that, you'd be at the top of the line. Because you're weak. We are weak. All of us. All of us are weak. We can't walk this. We can't live this. We can't talk it. We can't read it. We can't pray. We are so darn weak. And God says, by the way, I choose those people. You've forgotten that. Because you use your weakness unless you want to. Use your weakness to be a nothing and a nobody and do nothing. Excuse. So we need to get a hold of that old-time religion again. Where'd that go? Sent that song around to a few of you. Most of you don't even know it. Give me that old-time religion. Give that back to us, God. Give it back. Whether we have nice clothes, whether we have smart words, good definitions, we know Greek or Hebrew, all we know is we walk in the power of God and we believe the Word of God. That's the old-time religion I'm talking about. What happened to that? Where's it at? 
You know, as the Ron Holshers die and the Audreys die and all these people die, Doris do, we're losing it. We're left with iPhone religion. Where's our old-time prayer meetings? Do you remember who was with me and Doris do used to always come to prayer meetings? Always, always, always. This is when we were turning that little building into a church. She was too sick to come. We put the phone on the, on the altar. We all gathered around the phone and screamed into the phone. I wonder how that would be looked at now. Old-time prayer meetings. We just cried out to God. Where you got in a corner somewhere and you just let it rip for God. And you can walk in a prayer meeting nowadays and usually you can hear a mouse walking across the floor. And I all that, I'm tired of hearing that. Well, you don't have to. Well, then go to a ball game and do that. Go to your Buckeyes and not say a word. All 110,000 of you worshipers, don't say a word. They've got a commercial on right now. Some of them, I don't know what the commercial's about. But it's like band boys all frozen singing because no one's moving or singing or dancing or being excited. Have you seen that commercial? And one guy's wanting to rip, one guy in the house of God wanting to go for it, and everybody's just, it's what we've become. Because of our, maybe our situations, our problems, the weight of the world. I understand all that, and I'm not making light of it. But what do you expect? That's what God tells us is going to happen. He says there's going to be a great falling away. He's going to say people are going to reject you. They're going to come against you. So God, give us that Holy Spirit once again. Lord, let us walk in that power once again. You know, years ago, you might think... Well, that's a problem. We probably think this is stupid now. But I used to walk, you know, in doctor's offices or where you ever got to go and you got a waiting room. And I used to go in there and I would want to affect, affect or affect the waiting room. Understand what I'm saying, please. Just with my presence of carrying God in there. Not with the presence of, of a Hollywood actor walk. Oh, please. I'm talking about just with the glory and the presence of of God, and you walk in, everybody you're around, you should sweep them up into the presence of God. They might not like it, and probably most of them won't, but wouldn't that be awesome? When you go in there and you get your 59th checkup because of a certain age, this shot, that shot, every shot in the world, you go in there and you sit on that dumb table, wouldn't you want that? As soon as that guy touches you, he goes, what's up with you? What's going on? What's the matter with you? You just be full of the Word of God. Stories where they send people in these miserable, destroyed, um, fever-stricken places where no one will go in there because it's uh, disease after disease. And the old men of God would go in, they'd pour the disease in their hand, and it would die because of the power of God that they walked in. They weren't dressed right. They probably didn't smell right. They probably couldn't pronounce words right. (laughs) Woo, maybe it's happening. The word, word, is not too hard to say. What happened to our old-time revival meetings? Who's that guy we had years ago, years ago, years ago? Curly hair. Jim something. Jim Rents. Yeah. I started looking him up. Ruth's going, yeah, he's probably still alive. 
That's what I'm looking for. Somebody that's, he's at least 10, 12, 15 years older than me. Some, just some of that old time stuff would come out of him when he would speak. Them old stories, them old beliefs and power of God. Where is that? They're all dying. They're all dead. And the people left behind are not doing it. They're not following it. They're not going after it. We want clean and highly pressed religion. So the old-time prayer meetings, almost a thing of the past. Churches are closing Sunday night. Old-time revival meetings, unless you've got buffoons and fakes running around. It's about all that's out there anymore. Start crying, Lord, you've got to give me that old-time religion. Those old-time preachers who knew the power of God. And when they talk, you shook in the pew. From the anointing and the power of God. I've heard stories where even in this church in its early days where someone ran to the men's room throwing water on his face. Trying to snap out of it because he was about to run to the altar. Cold water. I got to get out of here. Another one supposedly coming. I had Ron Holscher at the door having a gun in his pocket because his unsaved living got right with God. And he was coming to shoot the preacher. Don't have that anymore. Have you forgotten who God is? Yes. Yes, we have. We need a spiritual awakening. We do. And I hope you're not one that has anything to say about this. I hope you're just like me going, oh. First, I went, what? What are you talking about, God? I'm spent because of you. And then he went, you have forgotten my power. And I went, because I was in inhibiting God because of my lack of power and ability. Psalms 59, 16 says, so what are you going to do? I will sing of your power. You can do that. You can sing of your power, of God's power. Let every breath praise God, the Bible says. Everybody that has breath, yes, I will sing aloud. Yes, I will sing aloud of your mercy in the morning, for you have been my defense, my refuge in the day of trouble. And you get swept up in these floods that's going on. All this crazy storm racing up and down the coast, pulverizing Bahamas. You're getting swept away, you and your child, and you're going to have a moment of silence going by. You'd be screaming to the top of your lungs to be saved, to do whatever you could do to find your lost loved one. Joel tells us what? Let the weak say, I'm strong. In God you are. I don't care if you crawled in here. You have no strength. You have a nickel left. Let the weak say, I am strong. Micah says this, but truly I am full of power by the Spirit of the Lord. If you truly are a man or a woman of God, God the Holy Spirit is in you. 
in you. Yes. <clears throat> 1 Kings 8, 23 says, and he said, Lord God of Israel, there's no God like thee. You ought to be singing that and playing that over and over and over. There's no God like thee. No God. There's no God like thee, Lord. I don't care what they say, what laws they pass, how crooked our nation is. They rob us of the next 50 elections. Take your guns by force. There's no God like thee. That's what he said. First Kings, he said, Lord, there's no God like thee in heaven above or on earth beneath. That's the one you've got to get your, put your eggs in the basket. Long time ago, I preached that message. You've got to go all in. We're still not all in. We're not. You are not all in. Psalms 97.1 says, The Lord reigns. The Lord rejoice. Let the earth rejoice. Let the multitudes of the islands be glad. Rejoice. Clouds and darkness surround him. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. A fire goes before him. This is your God that you're going to be calling upon about your little problem. A fire goes before him and burns up the enemies round about. And all you've got to do is be a willing heart, a willing vessel. We're not much. But we're all that God's got. They're not doing it. Half the church is not doing it. Verse 4 says, The lightning light the world, the earth sees and trembles. You ever sit in one of those thunderstorms where your house goes, as God just clearing his throat? <clears throat> Seriously. The mountains melt like wax at the presence of the Lord. All your mountainous problems, if you would get a hold of God like you're supposed to, and the Word of God tells us, they would melt like wax before the Lord today. The mountains melt like wax at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of the Lord of the whole earth. God. The entire, this is your God. What's your problem? Snap out of it! Maybe I should have Ruth come up here. She's got any rocks left. We'll start with the men first, since all you ladies have got your rocks. Ruth will be up here. Why not? Something's got to work. Verse 6 says, The heavens declare His righteousness, and all the people see His glory. Do you? Do you see the glory of God? Do you see what God wants to unleash and unload if He has a church that is willing and an open heart? Do you see his glory or have you forgotten how powerful God is because you lost your dog, lost your friend, or whatever's happened? You have forgotten. God says, you, you and that lawnmower, you've forgotten me. 
I did, Lord. I have forgotten you. Didn't mean I backslidden, hated God, didn't love God, out drinking. No. One Chronicle or Corinthians twenty nine eleven. Chronicles 29.11, New King James says, Yours, O God, is the greatness. Right now, what's your problem? Let's all stand right now as I get ready to read this. In a little bit, I'm going to play a little old clip. Anybody ever watch the movie Sergeant York? That's a real, real dude. It's a real guy. It's a real story. See, usually if you have age and you're not too far behind me, you've seen it. It's a real person who went off to war. But before he went to war, something happened to him. Now, it was portrayed through a movie. And I have a little 1 minute 49 second clip of it coming up. But 1 Chronicles 29 11 says this, Yours, O Lord, is the greatness your God, the power and the glory, your God, the victory and the majesty for all that is in heaven and in the earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head over all. Put them back up over all in your life. Over all your problems, all of your goofy kids, goofy husband, goofy wife. Goofy church, goofy pastor, put him up over it all. Put him back on his position. See what he does. You just have a willing heart. Remember, 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 throw away. Throw away your resume. It stinks. It stinks, but God doesn't care. He doesn't want it. He don't need anything you got. He don't need anything you can offer. Leave it. Throw it away. Do like I did. Man, Lord, I have forgotten how powerful you are. The Word of God says you are a star-breathing God. Maybe he's making one right now. And there's another one twinkling somewhere. That's what the Bible says, unless you don't believe it. Or, like me, I've forgotten. I've forgotten, God. This little peon person that's such a pain or giving me a problem or this problem, you're out there breathing stars. And I've forgotten. You can't move on that per or this situation or my life or my problems. And I let them weigh me down. Therefore, I do nothing to bring the whole church down. And we all do this great, not singing, sighing together. God says, I need nothing from you. You understand, Lord's asking nothing from you but a willing heart. Remember that big rock I used to have? I don't have it anymore. If you can use, what's that song? If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. And remember, the rocks would cry out if you didn't. That's how powerful. The rock will say, oh, man, oh, man, he's powerful. Glory, hallelujah to the Lamb. A rock. All right, I want my band to come. I want Ruth to come and see what God has for us.